0: Welcome to Beer Massive, a collection of good beer-centric conversation, interviews, editorials, reviews, and more from a collective of centrally like-minded yet individually opinionated Good Beer fanatics. From podcasts born in the present, or from our massive library of brewer interviews from years past, we hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do enjoy what you're here, please subscribe. Feel free to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on tap, at Massive Beers, or email us individually at massivebeers@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Rebranding. From a distance, it comes off as a filthy word to most in the business world, a sign of change typically triggered by desperation to save a struggling trade name. But there is nothing typical about Dry Log Brewing, or should I say, Strange Roots Experimental Ales. Over the past several years, Dry Log and its crew went from that odd sour beer brewery on the edge of a not-so-odd city to a nationally distributed, critically acclaimed wild ale-producing darling of the bustling Pittsburgh beer scene. So why does a brewery already well in its way decide to rebrand? Let's talk to Dennis Hock of Strange Roots Experimental Ales and find out. Why didn't I just drive there and we could have drank some beers and shut the shit? That's what I'm talking about, right?
1: Makes a lot more
0: sense to me. So what are you doing, brother?
1: Nothing, man. Just having a drink or two, just hanging out.
0: Where are you at? You at home? or you? Yeah,
1: I'm at home. I'm at home just uh, doing my thing. Uh, we're actually working on a new recipe right now, so I'm crunching numbers and shit.
0: Okay. Well, let's do this. Let's start it off by uh, introducing yourself. Who are we talking to right now?
1: So, this is Dennis Hawk with uh, currently Dry Log Brewing Company, but by next week, it'll be Strange Roots.
0: Strange Roots. Okay. Yep. Well, let's. Uh, we're going to get to all that in, yeah, uh, in a little bit, but first things first, uh, how's life, man? How's things going?
1: Um, really well. Um, I've been busy, obviously, just trying to keep things up and whatnot. And, um, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, everything's going really well.
0: It's the last time we That's talked good. to each other was what probably about a year year and a half ago when you're up this way doing like um beer stuff up at sabatini's i think it was
1: yeah yeah definitely yeah we uh, got an opportunity to sit down and actually hang out for a little while um i wish we had more time though because i would have liked to drink more beers with you and just bullshit you know
0: yeah well that whole business stuff gets in the way every now and then yeah Yeah, unfortunately (laughs) but um so i mean not that we haven't had the chance to talk with each other it's just a matter of you know uh, you know four and a half hours five hours is a, is a long way away yeah. um and you know we talked on and off uh, about a couple different things beer wise and stuff like that since the last time we hung out but um you know as far as i could see especially from like arm's length you know dry log is doing its thing i mean when we when we originally first talked it was um I just kind of talked about a couple of your beers real quick, and then you just sent me some rando email, and uh, we kind of just talked for about an hour or so. You gave me a call, and we just kind of rapped about beer and stuff like that, and that was how long ago was that? A couple oh, of years.
1: Oh, Matt, that was a while ago, man. I figure that was, um, that was back when I was still brewing out of Millville with that uh, with the second system I built, that makeshift system. Um, My favorite
0: system, by the way.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, well, my favorite was one previous to that, the little two-barrel. That was my favorite, and I wish I would have never got rid of it, but I did. And uh, But, yeah, man, you figure – I don't know how many years ago that was, but that was a while. I mean, it seems like eons, even though it wasn't that long ago. I don't know. What do you think? Maybe like two, three years max?
0: Yeah, and then it, it was funny because it was uh, – we we I uh, came down and we ended up like hanging out for like the day and drank some beers and I ended up doing like a kind of like an interview with you there and just kind of picking your brain about stuff and yeah. and um we it was probably one of the one of the more favorite conversations I've had with a bird just because oh, I like thanks. the way oh go ahead sorry
1: no I just said thanks I, I oh. appreciate that I had a good time too
0: good yeah because I just I just like the way your brain kind of functions when it comes to like beer and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? In the way you're kind of talking about how you cultivated yeast and all those kind of things. And then, and since then we just kind of just, you know, um, you know, drips and drabs kept in touch and stuff like that. And, uh, like I said, um, you know, I've, I've, you know, got some beers from you. I've constantly like kind of grabbed stuff off the shelf from, uh, from, uh, from you guys up here. Cause I'm lucky enough to where you guys are distributed by shangies. So when we have Sabatini's around the corner, so yeah, I kind of get your, almost your full arsenal of beers. Um, And it's just kind of chugging along, doing your thing, doing your dry loggy thing and coming out with kooky shit all the time, which is which was your M.O.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we've always been like um, trying new things and trying different things and people like yourself that appreciate just something different. um, You know, I I really appreciate that on my end, because at least I have somewhat of other weird network of people that really enjoy something different, you know, something weird
0: and um, and then um, shortly was it shortly before you came up here? or was it after that you you, you connected with the Shelton Brothers?
1: uh that was after, actually. Um, yeah, we um, we uh, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but we're not a new brand for them right now, but at the time we were well, new and saying like, I think we're about two years old with them. So, uh, yeah, about two years ago, they started shipping our stuff.
0: And then they, you start shipping um, – well, you start getting your stuff out of um, – uh, to Shelton Brothers. And yeah. and you're chugging along. Um, the, your barrel program starts to mature. So, uh, you know, a lot of your funky, wild, yeasty stuff starts to come out in more and more barrels. They start to see, like, barrel aids this, barrel aids that. You're starting to – kind of get your kind of foothold as far as doing the wild ales you know getting distributed by shangies getting distributed by shelton brothers which honestly to me was like a kooky thing to begin with because it's like fucking shelton brothers you know i mean eh. all the beers you loved growing up drinking in the united states and same with me are probably came from shelton brothers oh for sure and and then um and you're doing your thing in Pittsburgh, and then uh, you decide to kind of shift gears. And I and that's kind of the impetus for this conversation. You know, we haven't talked in a hot minute. And I was like, yeah. dude, I'm like, I guess we have to have a conversation. So uh, Strange Roots, uh, out of nowhere, you have a brand. Um, people dig it for the the beers that people like, like the, the styles of beers they are. Uh, people dig it, but you decide to kind of up and just kind of rebrand the brewery from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. What's going on, dude? What's the deal?
1: I know. I know. Um, So, well, first of all, so like um, this past year, we really took a good look at everything. And um, we originally, believe it or not, we wanted to separate into two different brands. And then um, because we wanted to make we wanted to diversify outside of sours. Right. I love sour beer. I will always love sour beer. I love making indigenous beer. I love collecting yeast. That's where my heart's at. But overall, it's like we, we were exposed to a lot of really different beers that I never even thought about making before just for the simple fact that I, I don't know. I mean, it just wasn't in my heart at the time. But then the more and more, as you know, the more and more you get exposed to different beers, the more and more your flavor develops, your, your taste buds change, things alter over time. So those experiences over, um, I'd say, about a year year and a half, maybe, of getting out to different festivals and, you know, getting invited to different festivals and going to these places, you start to, um, cater to an appreciation to a different style every once in a while that you've never really thought about doing before. And when they're done so delicately and they're done right and they're perceived in such a way that you're like, wow, this is pretty impressive. It's really neat that these certain people did this this way. Um, It started to kind of alter our thought process and ultimately alter our taste profiles as well. So over the past year, we thought about coming out with a second brand. And uh, that second brand would be catered to these different styles. And then the more and more we talked about that, the more and more we said to ourselves, do we really have the resources to maintain two separate brands? And the truth is, is, no, we didn't. So, you know, we toiled with it back and forth, back and forth and to the point where we just said, you know what, maybe we should just rebrand the whole thing and not necessarily start over, but just create like a, I hate to say it this way, but like a second chapter almost. And, uh, you know, evolve into something where we can diversify and cover like a wide range of uh, products that we enjoy.
0: And, uh, I don't know, try something different, man. Get weird in different areas, you know? Well, let's speak to that. I mean, that's, I mean, when, when I kind of got introduced to you guys over there, at dry log, it, you know, it was, it was extremely wild, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, naturally cultivated yeast and just taking stuff in kooky directions. Obviously that's with you changing the name, you kind of is it a matter of just not wanting to pigeonhole yourself with that particular kind of mindset anymore? Or is it more just you don't want to have any kind of... It's not that you want to... How do I put it? You don't want to like take the barrier down so you can do different things. You just don't want to have any kind of barrier at all? Or is it just... It, Is it a combination of a bunch of different things, the name to the to the to the vibe, to the marketing, to the whole thing? You said it was a matter of kind of wanting to do different things, but you could always do different things. You didn't have to change your name to do different things. Did you? No,
1: I I, I don't necessarily think so. But let's be honest. Right. If you see a dry log beer on the shelf, knowing what it is, are you going to automatically assume that it's wild and sour?
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's my point.
1: (laughs) So it's kind of like then that's. That's the thing, like uh, Dry Log built a name with its followers that was, uh, at least on the local market scale, that was synonymous with wild and sour beer all the time, and I love that, and that's wonderful and all, but um, if you want to diversify, you have to understand that it's just like you built a name for wild and sour beer, okay, but once you start making different beers that may or may not be as sour as they typically are, or as uh, maybe some clean beers or some beers that aren't made with Britannomyces, you're always going to have that moniker in the back of your mind. So that was the first deviation that created, well, maybe we should do two different brands. And then the two different brands thing turned into, well, do we actually have the resources to do this? So, you know, we talked to some different people in industry prior to ever doing this. And for the most part, everybody was kind of like, well, you know, it can work out if you, if you do it the right way and we don't want to ostracize any of the followers that we've built by any means. Um, We're still going to be the bulk of what we do is wild, funky and sour beers and weird beers for that matter. But I think this implementation of the experimental part um, is really what we are. I mean, let's be honest, we've done a lot of experimental beers that have turned out really interesting and uh, that's more, that's more on the lines of who we are. It's an experimental brewery. We truly are that. And um, by fitting that in and changing it and just altering it in such a way that um, we feel comfortable with it and that our followers feel comfortable with it, I don't see how that can be a bad thing. I mean, we're just going to get creative in all different areas.
0: You you touched on having the the people that follow you now, the, the fans that you have now. From what I've read, and obviously we're going straight to the to the horse's mouth about this, but from what I've read, you're, you're going to retire a lot of uh, some of the old catalog, a good portion of the old catalog. What was the thought process behind that, or is that just shit I read wrong? Yeah, that's
1: it's kind of read wrong. Um, the only reason why I say that is that it's not that we're going to retire some of the beers, right? But, for instance, most of the Wild Angels beers, Mm-hmm. Uh, the yeast strain has deteriorated we do not believe in purchasing an outside lab third-party lab to maintain our strains we don't that's not what we do that's not what we've ever done um, the relic strain has deteriorated quite a bit so we believe in a more of a natural approach to things and um you know they only last so long and yeah we could plate them we could do a lot of things with them but you know, in our in our eyes, that's that's not exactly what we've built ourselves around, and that's not our um, traditional methods of doing things, so to speak. So they've deteriorated. So we're not going to continue to try to make them in that fashion when they can't be peak. Um, so some of those beers will retire. Some of the other beers that we've made in the past, um, you know, some will – I should say some of them we'd like to tweak and change a little bit and others that, you know, we'll just leave exactly with the the, the way that they are. And, you know, most of our beers have become aggressively sour over time and um, we don't like that. Um, we like some of that and we're going to keep a portion of our pro- portfolio from the traditional method of making those. But uh, for the most part, we want a wider range of sour and funk a um, comparison to the two, you know uh, – you don't always have to have a, a sour beer be funky, nor do you have to have a funky beer be sour. So we want to spend our time um, really concentrating on those, and believe it or not, somewhat reduce our distribution to concentrate on these beers and do nothing but put out like the best of what we can do. You know, it, it, not to it, say that what we've done in the past hasn't been, but yeah. you know, uh, we really want to concentrate on the experimental portions of things. That's all.
0: And, and, and that's one – actually, that's one of the funny things whenever I talked to, to anybody about dry log is that it was always like people are like, oh, I don't like sours. And I'm like, I've never thought about you guys as like a sour brewery um, yeah. ever. Do you know what I mean? And I get where you're coming from about, about the kind of longevity and the life cycle of the yeast. Is that also – like that probably had to play in a part of the rebranding because – it almost seems like you guys went to distribution, started to get big, and then uh, you had a bunch of these beers which people come to know and love, but also want continuously. And it's it, you're trying to kind of, you know, catch lightning in a bottle to where you're trying to pause something that's organic and it's trying to move and it's trying to change over time. And you're like, have this core lineup of beers, and now you're like, okay, now we need to produce this thing over and over again but we can't because it's, it's ever evolving. Is that also part of the mindset on the change?
1: That wasn't the mindset on the change, but you're absolutely right. Um, you know, uh, we got pigeonholed into an area where we were trying to distribute too quickly. If you, if you want my honest opinion, um, I'd like to revert back to small. I'd like to revert back to local and distribute out what we can. And that's honestly the, the driving force behind most of this is is that, I'd rather take the time and make the smallest batch of beer, but make it so utterly perfect in every way that there's really no way that, uh, you know, it it leaves what what we thought or what we intentionally set out to do initially. And once you send the beer out, um, you know, there's different areas that you have to be concerned about, such as like temperature abuse and packaging and distribution. And there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot more involved to it than that and to maintain that it's rather difficult especially with the finicky strains that we have and foraging for yeast outside of here so i mean essentially what we thought about doing was is just like you know we should concentrate more on local and that's where we should be and we should also start to for our customers sake start identifying batch numbers to it too because most of those wild strains you know as well as i do you know, dependent upon the time of year, dependent upon the humidity, temperature, there's a lot of factors involved into it that, unfortunately, you can't maintain strains for a long period of time without, like, severe laboratory involvement. And that's not what we're about. So it got to a point where we were just like, listen, you know, let's stop trying to fight this fight and let's just do what we do and do what we do best,
0: you know? And, and and like I'm go back to that um, the beginning of your statement there, uh, you talked about that you you think you got too big distribution wise. I'll say it because I don't want you to say it because I don't want you to go on record for saying it. You yeah. had to do that because people didn't fucking get it. Do you know what I mean? It's not a matter of like I don't think you guys distributed too wide when you first started off with. It's just that four, five, six years ago, the climate in beer was infinitely different, especially in Pittsburgh way, to where you almost had to go to distribution like that in order to kind of keep your head above water. It's just that the way beer has gone and the way people think about beer right now, you don't have to go as far and wide. isn't You're, yeah, you
1: know, you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, given the circumstances and the way that the local market is building, um, I would agree with that statement completely.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it it like so you you decide to do this um, rebranding, you decide to change um, from the dry log thing, which I am sure was a really hard decision. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm sure you know it's 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 your baby. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff and a lot of love and a lot of bits and pieces that went into it, but you also you have, sometimes you have to cut off your leg in order to survive. You know, and you have to do make hard decisions in order to move forward. So you decide to do this. You start decide to rebrand. Uh, yeah, but see,
1: I'm sorry, go ahead. Go,
0: no, go, yeah, I was going to say, I was just going to say, where does this all come from? Strange Roots, what was the impetus for it, the whole nine?
1: Okay, so first of all, like, Drylog was a thriving company. Like, it was a very, very, very good company. We were, had over 50% growth every single year. Um so it wasn't a factor of staying alive or
0: Oh no I don't think anybody thinks that. I, I, if that if yeah, what I said came I off that way I didn't. Mean yeah
1: it. I just wanted to make that perfectly clear that Drylog itself was a very successful company and it still is.
0: And you're peaking, you're still going north. It wasn't like you plateaued or anything.
1: No not by any means. We were growing all the time. Um I think what it was is honestly our taste changed. Um we we changed in such a way that we wanted to diversify and create different things outside of that moniker. And then in a, in addition to that, you know, drylog was very traditional in its methods. Um, we would put beer, we would spontaneously ferment beer, put it in casks, and then we would leave it for years. I mean, literally years. And then come back and blend it at a later time. And, you know, some of the things that we've learned over the past year, year and a half, is is that you don't have to... It's not that we had to in the past, but I mean, it's just like we didn't really have to go through all those extents to really create something different or indigenous or anything else. Um, And that led to, quite frankly, softer sours. And it's much more approachable for a drinker to enjoy a softer sour to get kind of introduced to the style in comparison to some of the beers that we've produced in the past. And we've always loved funky beers. Like, that's, that's kind of like where our heart is really, truly at. But um, in those circumstances, um, you know, one didn't follow the other. So we kind of changed slight methods in manufacturing as well to cater to that. And that's a lot of part of the Strange Roots type of thing is, is that Strange Roots is exactly what we should have been from the beginning, which was experimental. We're always trying weird stuff. You know this, I know this, anybody that's tried our beers has known this, that um, we always try to push kind of like the envelope a little bit every single time. And I think the name fits us better at this point too. Where's the name come from? Well, a um, couple things. So dry log has always been a strange little brewery, right? And that's our original roots. And then, um, we had an opportunity to visit a good friend of ours um, this past year, and some of his statements were, um, you know, what I really love about your beer is is that you guys implement a scientific approach to a lot of what you make, and it's definitely outside the box, and you know, so on and so forth. And his suggestion was is that we tie some of that scientific element into a new name if in fact we were going to do a new name because at that time it wasn't decided. Um, so we thought it was almost fitting because again, some of the things that we've done in the past have been very experimental, um, from a brewing standpoint. Um, so again, you know, looking at the science perspective and everything involved, we want to tip the cap, the dry log to say, listen, our roots are always been this strange little brewery and, um, you know, that's, that's where it sits. And then ultimately we are experimental more than anything that we are. Right. So that's, that's kind of like how it came about.
0: And then uh, like moving forward, you have like, you have the old spot there in Melville and, 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 and and the new spot, but then you're going to be implementing even a newer spot, correct?
1: Oh yeah. We moved to a larger manufacturing facility. Um, and we're going to have a second, uh, uh, retail location at that manufacturing facility. And, uh, we've expanded our production quite a bit. Um, we've increased, uh, everything, uh, I'd say, um, to kind of meet the demand and hopefully, um, not necessarily distribute more, but just be able to blend more like that. That's our driving force is that have enough diversity to kind of blend more, do more, really, really, really pushed the envelope on uh, what we're trying to uh, project to the, to the, uh, the consumer. And um, by moving into this new facility, it kind of gave us a better home, um, larger space, and et cetera. So I'm really excited about that, and I think it's going to fit in well, and I think people are going to appreciate it once they see some of the things that we've come out with because um, we've already developed Strange Roots beers and, um they're gonna be i don't know just very different, just the same dry log was just on a a larger diversity scale that's that's the way to explain it
0: and when I came to visit back in like fourteen, what yeah. were you what were you guys five barrels
1: oh dude, um, that system there it was an eight barrel system, but with our mash bills, um it could only do six
0: barrels. And...
1: they're still on the moniker of like making big beers you know
0: and where where are those uh, where are those where is that brew setup that you built Is it still there you I think you actually gutted that out and expanded the, um, not gutted the brewery but expanded the tap room and moved that out right
1: Yeah, you're right. Um, we moved to a 20 barrel system up to the intermediate manufacturing facility that we built ourselves so we built that 20 barrel system. And then um, the newest facility, it's, it's a new system. It's brand new. Everything's brand new. Um, so we bought another 20-barrel system. We're comfortable at that level. And, um, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, at the time in Millvale, it was, like I said, an 8-barrel. But with our mash bills, it primarily made 6 barrels at a time. And, um, you know, as we progressed throughout that, we we bought more equipment. We bought new stuff. We you know, it, it it was definitely like a growth thing, but um, but yeah, it was it was good stuff.
0: What uh, what, what's the um, where, where's the Millvale location? Where is it in, in in the future? Is it is it in, is it in the guillotine or is it just no, kind of no
1: no 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 never 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 no. I um I'm originally from Millvale, and um I'll always have a tap room there. I'll always have um some sort of presence there. And, um, you know, just with this new facility, um, it's it's far enough away from the city that still people can get to it. It's more of a country setting. Um, By far, the terroir is 100 times better than where it was than we were previously um, because it was somewhat of an industrial location. Mm -hmm. This new location is much more of a country setting. Um, So we've been foraging for quite some time. We've been spontaneously fermenting for quite some time. Um, we opened that facility for manufacturing purposes in roughly August, September of this past year. And, um, you know, we've seen the differences almost immediately.
0: Let's speak to that. Cause I remember when, like okay. when we, when we talked at, um, the Millville location, that was kind of one of the gleam in the eye things was actually moving to something of an old world kind of living and breathing organic kind of facility now, you're out there in more, uh, like you, like you said, the terroirs, uh, more, the environment's more conducive to what you want to do. You just, you, I mean, you touched on it, but kind of expand on it. Like, how does that change your beers, and how have you changed your beers? Are you planting? Are you cultivating? Are you building the beers you want, or are you letting the environment itself kind of do it?
1: Um, it's a mixture of both. So uh, we're, our plan is to cultivate more, um, get it, get more into agriculture, at least local agriculture um, with on our property. And then um, in addition to that, um, you know, nature has definitely taken its course out there. And um, we've seen uh, from a microbiological level, um, the diversity that can come from a new location. And honestly we're stoked about it because uh, some of the sours coming out of there are just, they're really, really good. And, um, it's a lot better than our previous location. Um, and Millville was somewhat congested in the sense that it was still somewhat of a city location. Um, so, you know, uh, we've never seen the diversity that we've seen, um, until we got to this new location. So, uh, You know, it's very exciting for us.
0: Now, all that is a lot of, not not things that everybody knows, but a lot of things that I know. Now, you want to move in a different direction. You want to do different things. Is there a specific, like, style or a specific direction that you wanted to go that you felt like you – you needed to change in order to kind of make sense in people's brains like is do you want to go like crazy dry hop this way do you want to go like something we're not even thinking of that way or is it more just you just want to open the doors and be unfettered
1: I just more or less want to open the doors and be unfettered like honestly like we looked into some of the styles that cater to us that we really enjoy that we never made in the past is like I really enjoy, like, heavy-bodied stouts, man. Like, it's just um, when somebody does one very well and you pour it out of the bottle and it's thick and it's gloomy and it's delicious and there's a lot of different aspects to it. I mean, that's something to appreciate, you know. So that's, like, one style. Another other styles is, just, like, we wanted to really diversify, um, you know, the idea of saisons and beer des guards which is still kind of in the Belgian realm of what we were started, like the Belgian and French realm. Um, but we wanted to kind of do it on a broader perspective. And then we started talking about like, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, IPAs always came up, but I've never had an appreciation for IPAs ever mm-hmm. until recently. Like we started to like really tasting some well-made IPAs, man. I mean, it's like some solid ones to where, they weren't heavily resinous. Um, they were nice and fruity, drinkable, um, not overly bitter. I mean, very well balanced to the point where we said, you know, Britannomyces could benefit some of these things. Britannomyces could definitely yeah. implement its, its categorical style, its funk, its change, etc., cetera, into these um, IPAs. And I've tasted IPAs that are, quote, unquote, breaded IPAs, but I've never really picked up, like, a heavily breaded IPA. Um, yeah,
0: most people just go, like, something, a simple bread seed, add a little more citrus and say there's bread in it or something. They don't go, like, and, super kooky. And that's my thing,
1: right? It's like, yeah. if you're going to make a breaded IPA, let's do it. Let's, yeah. like, let's cut the bullshit and let's do it. And, um, you know, we made one recently. It's awesome, in my opinion, at least. Um, it's hella horsey, it's brux heavy, it's, um, and it's still on an IPA. And when you drink the beer, it's like, wow, that's like, that's a very different IPA. Some people might get it. Some people might not, but at the <laughs> end of the day, that Britannomyces is affluent and alive and in that beer, you
0: know, <laughs> some people m- might get it. Some people might not, but yeah, yeah. Who uh, who gives I'm a fuck? That's, to to lo- that's to your, to your new moniker. Yeah. <laughs> given
1: given my past, I, I mean, quite frankly, you know as well as I do. Yeah, it's just like it's up to determination. Whatever you want to do, it is. It's fine. This is what we made. This is how we did it. And it, <laughs> when you taste it, you're definitely going to taste Botanobiosis. That's, I mean, that's the best way I can say
0: it. And I know the answer to this question, so but I have to ask it anyway. <laughs> just so I just so I can just so I can have you talk about it. Yeah. Like, how do you balance these two things? One, your distribution, whether it be Shelton or Shangy's, whatever, going, you're fucking crazy. You're batshit fucking crazy. What are you doing? Combined with two... The, the way that it, not just the beer culture is, but the way the human culture is nowadays, basically everybody has their finger on the moment when you f- not fuck up. But when you try change your mind, people are like, well, you said this and you said you're going to be like this. And then now you're doing the thing that you said and you never would do because, you you know, you kind of you said you'd never really fuck with IPAs. But here's no. the thing. The beautiful thing about it is changing your mind is OK. A lot of people don't think it's okay for some weird fucking reason but it's okay to evolve and change and and like something different you can change into something how to deal with the distribution end of things where everybody's calling you batshit crazy and then the general public being or not general public but your kind of feverish kind of dry log i don't want to say fans but people that are being like well you said you never do this and they feel like you're kind of like I don't know, changing or or cult of, or changing of the times or whatever you want to call it, bowing to the man of the IPA. If you make one of those, I know you don't give a shit. I already know the answer to this question, but yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, let me just say this:
1: our intention is not to join IPA trains and to make IPAs. That's not our intention. It never will be our intention. Um, our intention is to continue to do what we do just on a diverse platform. That's the best way to say it. Right. So, um, am I going to make a whole bunch of dry hopped IPAs that are going to be put in cans and mass produced and so on and so No, absolutely not. Um, my love is still always wild and sour beer and it will always be wild and sour beer. I just want more of a creative outlet outlook at this point um to try different things and that's it and it's like you know i i don't want to get pinned down to say you know uh you're kind of going back on what you thought you would have ever done and so on and so forth because that's not necessarily the case by any means the truth is is that just like in science just like in life just like in everything else people evolve Exactly. And, you know, uh strains evolve and everything evolves. You change your mind as you get older, your taste buds change, and that's really what it kinda like drives into is like as you get exposed to these different things, just the same as people that hate sours or hate dry wine, over time you start to realize that like you might appreciate it more than you did in the past. It's the same type of thing. Like, you know, uh, my brother hated onions forever, and then somehow, some way, as the older he got, he loved a lot. You know, he started to appreciate them more, and you know, you have them on a sandwich or whatever. I, I look at it as the same thing. It's just like we, there's nothing wrong with anything that's out there on the market now. We just want to put a creative spin to some of the styles that we now appreciate, that we've developed tastes for, um, that we look to to say. Hey, that's a really neat beer, and we just want to take that neat beer. It inspired us to try something else, and we try something else. What's you know? I don't I don't see the problem with that by any means. Um, we're still going to make the original sours we've always made. We're still going to make a diverse range of sours and wild beers that we've made. But this small portion of our portfolio, we just want to get weird in different areas. That's it. I mean. <laughs> we've always been weird. I mean, anybody that's bought our beer has known that we've been weird. So it's like, you know, I don't, I don't see if anything, uh, if I was a consumer, I'd be more excited than I was in the past.
0: And and there's only so many sours you can drink. You know what I mean? And honestly, dude, that was, that was my, uh, I talked to, you know, Lindo here and look local people that are kind of been kind of in, in the dry log mix for a while. And, and everybody, I mean, again, they're business owners, so they look at it as far as a marketing standpoint thing, and they're like, yeah. oh, I don't know, you know, I don't know. But, like, I I honestly said, too, I was like, I don't know either, but I'm also, it's pretty fucking exciting. You know what I mean? The word you used, exciting, was perfect, because I was like, two things. I'm like, one, who the fuck knows what's going to happen? And two, making, throwing that fucking knee-buckling curveball is what you've pretty much hung your head on when it comes to beer. So yeah. if that's, if that's what got you, if you don't know, stick with it, if that's what got you to where you are, why are you going to become monotone? Do you know what I mean? And just turn yeah. out the same regurgitated stuff over time. It, it probably doesn't excite you after a while.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. Like I, I still get excited for like certain beers that we, that we try and certain things that we try, but it's like, you're right. After a while, it's like, Huh, I wonder if I can like do something weird somewhere else. So we started experimenting with that, and quite frankly, at the end of the day, I was like, we can. I know we can. So that's what sparked the whole, hey, we should open up a second brand type of thing. But then that morphed into, we don't have the resources to maintain two different brands. We just don't. So it's like, well, are you gonna go with this beer? that everybody is attributed to sour and wild and consistently like sour and wild all the simple time. No. Or are you going to kind of like morph this brand into something new and really call what you are, what you are. And that's what we decided to do. And, um, I, I, you know, uh, I hope that people aren't upset about it. I hope that people see the excitement that we see over it because it, it's just going to open up a whole new platform for us to get kind of weird in different areas. And like like we get excited all the time about it. Like we're making some really neat stuff.
0: <laughs> uh, just,
1: it, it's, it, it's not all sour beer. So it's a good approach to kind of invite people into something that you may have not explored before. Um, and not have to have the, the statement of, I don't like sours or I don't prefer sours or whatever, you know, it's kind of like this open book that we can kind of do whatever we want to do and do it whenever we want to do it. Why not have that
0: dude? You're appreciate in the choir I know other people are gonna listen to this but whatever screw those people we're having a conversation anyway <laughs> uh, <laughs> and no seriously people keep listening but um, so let's let's talk about the culture let's talk about the way the beer culture is pretty much right now which I'm sure had a little bit of influence about what you're talking about whether it be the things that you've tasted like you said you had some stuff that really turned you on but there's also you know I would say my uh, 80% conservatively of the people in the beer now just gotten a beer over the past couple of years. And uh, most of those people are into the super hazy haze bro hop thotty stuff. So basically there's a new Budweiser and the new Budweiser is the super hazy hop hoppy beer. I love those beers when they're done beautifully and there's some people that do it beautifully, but with that culture, the way it is now to where so many people are fixated in that one portion and with what you're doing and what you're trying to do do you, where do you think you guys fit in or do you even give a shit?
1: Well, that's the funny thing. Quite frankly, at the end of the day, I don't really care. But <laughs> it, that, that being said, um, you know, what if somebody took that style and bent it and turned it and twisted it into something that was really different? What if somebody took those styles of, uh, those hazy hoppy IPAs or those hazy hoppy pale ales or whatever they might be, new England IPAs, et cetera? And what if somebody bent it and twisted it and turned it and fit it into a whole new widget. And that's ultimately what I kind of like we're about. I mean, that's what we've always done with sours. I just now want to do it in different areas and I'm going to give it a shot and it might work out it might not. But at the end of the day, um, you know, that's where we fit in. And I'm not trying to create that hazy hoppy IPA that everybody else makes. Um, you know that's not a fluid, creative environment to get into. Um, what I'm trying to do is do what is interesting, and maybe take that same base style and and put it into something like put a new dress on it, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's that's really kind of like the, that's the driving force behind it. Like we recently made a riesling IPA. And um, we bent it and twisted it. And then we fermented it with Brett because we thought it was good to ferment it with Brett. So it's a Riesling IPA made with Brett and it's juicy. It's hoppy. um, It's not overly bitter. It's not resinous. um, It's got a nice underlying bitterness to it. And then in addition to that, it's got this great Britannomyces funk to it. So given all those circumstances and putting that all together, it's like, I don't know if other people are doing that or not, but it, the way that I look at it is, is that, you know, that's somewhat different, right?
0: Uh, it sounds pornographic. I mean, that's <laughs> the, I mean I, that, that, you know, this is kind of a G-rated show, motherfucker, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, dude, I, and I get it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a weird conversation to have because I have to ask questions that I know the answers to. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I it, like, it's a weird thing because I could sit here and we could just sit, talk about how how, what you're doing and what you're going to do. And we we couldn't do that because you couldn't shit on the, you couldn't say things you wouldn't want to say. Anyway, regardless, I understand where you're coming from. And and there's so many different ways you can take the things that people do. Do you know what I mean? Like we have, you know, we have a brewery out here that makes like these sour IPAs. Sure. They're like very sweet and sour IPAs, but they're, they're quite tasty things. And, those didn't wow. exist a year ago. Do you know what I mean? There's, and that's just, and before that, there was something else, and before that was something else. So everybody has this, like, mindset of a kind of box, a finite box of information that, that that these hops or malts or yeast or critters or whatever can do. But just because you didn't think about it yet doesn't mean, you one, it can't happen, and two, you don't want it. And why not be the person that ends up bringing that to the table?
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it's not necessarily, you know, I I don't want people to get the impression that we want to bring this to the table because I'm sure there's somebody out there that has either done it or um, has um, kind of, I don't know, give us some sort of preview to it. But, you know, as we've traveled and as we've tasted different beers and we approach these different beers, again, it's, it's kind of inspired us to try something different for us. And that's that's the key. It's like if, if you like my sours, if you like what we do, if you like the creative way that we look at things, I think that you'll really appreciate some of the other beers that we're coming out with. And um, they might not be the same style. They might not be sours. But ultimately, I, I can assure you it's going to be something different. And if it's not something different, then, you know, I'd be very surprised just because that's the way that we think and um, I'm hoping for the most part I mean of course they'll always be controversial um, just by the nature of the way that we think and the way that we do things but overall again like I lead it back to I don't really think this is a bad thing by any means it's just going to give you more diversity in in a very diverse beer world right now and the beer world has accelerated so quickly it's incredible to me it's insane dude Yeah, it's insane, man. And then in addition to that, it's just driving more creative thought throughout the entire process. Not crazy thought, not goofy thought, but just more creative thought. Because you can't be a one-trick pony. It's just it's not going to work out. In some people, it does work out. And, you know, if we would have kept dry log, that would have been great. All we did was make sours. But for us, um, from a creative level, from just – you know, experimental level, it would have never worked out. We could have never just made enough sours because it, it's just it, it's not a big enough canvas. You know,
0: dry log. What yeah. uh, today is March first is yep. it, it, dry log as we know it. As far as like the paperwork it, it says, is it is it done? When is it over? Negative.
1: So as of right now, uh, March seventh. So next week is when we'll completely convert our tap room into strange roots. Um, we're still waiting for the final paperwork from the TTB and the PLCB to completely convert over from dry log to strange roots. Um, so once that happens, then you'll start to see the strange roots bottle releases, or you'll start to see uh, distribution of strange roots beers. And
0: um, just from i mean from what i've seen you guys have been having kind of like seller sales and things like that are you actively looking to kind of just like rip the bandaid off from dry log or as a branding point you know what i mean yeah you you are
1: well i'm not gonna no 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 we aren't Um, okay so quite frankly i have no idea anything about marketing i'm the worst person that you could ever talk to about no really really yeah okay (laughs) Would you name your brewery dry log right off the bat? <laughs> So we, um, So what we decided to do is we were saving all those beers for the following year um, to have almost like a one to two to three year kind of um, uh, maturation time period. So we just decided, you know what, listen, if we're going to tr- transition into Strange Roots, we might as well just sell these, uh, these cellar beers and get rid of them, not necessarily get rid of them for the fact that we need to. Um, so we're not, like, like fire selling them by any means. We're just offering them for sale, yeah. and the response has been incredible. Um, people want to pick them up, and it, it's, it's really neat, and it's great to see that following. Um, so that was kind of, like, the pressure behind it. As we transition, it's like, this is a big step. There's not many breweries that do this. So it's very new to us. It's very new to the beer world, for that matter, um, and kind of the culture behind it. And um, so we're not really sure how this is all going to go and how we're going to transition. But what we do know is, is that um, within the next few weeks, for sure, um, everything will completely transition over and uh, dry log will no longer be available.
0: Well, not available on the on a, on a counter. And the hearts and minds will like always be available, brother. Come yeah, on now. I'll yeah, get a little fair. weepy now, a little teary eyed, <laughs> <Just laughs> thinking about the dry drylock. It's not even over. And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I didn't, uh, again, any of this, I didn't, and that's the thing I want to talk about, I guess, kind of, we're getting towards the end of all this, is that, like, I, I if I ever come off that all monotone or a kind of somber about this is because I, you know, I love, love me some dry log. It's not going away. I know it's not going away. And people out there, this is, and you said right now, like this is, hasn't happened a lot of times at breweries. It's never happened. It's happened with breweries who are failing and need to kind of reboot to try to, Grab a market share, but it's the first time it's happened with a brewery that's still kind of building and and still going upward. So that's where it finds its unique thing. So if I come off at all in any way kind of somber or anything like that, it's because I love me some dry log, but I'm looking towards the future. It's awesome. Do You know what I mean? What I'm I'm super excited, dude. I have you have no idea how excited I am. What you guys are gonna that's be doing? Because awesome. it's gonna be crazy. Sh- I know crazy shit in the world's gonna come out of there. And you know what? The best part is, people are gonna be like, "That's kind of weird." And I'm like, "Yeah, motherfucker, it's weird. <laughs> you just don't understand it. That's why, you know." So. It's, and that's the thing. Like, there, there's been other companies that have kind of transitioned,
1: and um, you know, it. it again, you're right. It. it, it We did, but then again, you know us, like we're weird people. Like I'm a weird person. I'll I'll be the first to admit it. And that's the kind of thing. It's just like, I'm not going to sit here and contemplate, um, brand equity and (laughs) all this other stuff. If I'm going to do it, I'm just going to do it. And that's it. And I accept that. And you know, uh, I don't know, man, it's just, it's an odd situation, but then again, If you know me personally i'm somewhat of an
0: odd guy so i you know it is what it is and that's the thing too you said like if you're gonna do it you're gonna do it but i'll add something even extra that it's not like some whimsical thing you're like ah fuck it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it no, yeah. there, there's a plan in place. This is not, like, just knee-jerky bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're going to yep. do it because you want to do it. You're just saying just because somebody told you that, oh, well, your profit margins might not be great in the first quarter. Who the fuck do you do? Get out of the way. Um, yep. uh, this is what we need to do to grow as a brewery. It, we, sure, we could stay where we are now, but then in two, three, four years' time, we might plateau and then we might be too far behind like the newspaper industry. You know what I mean? So if we pivot now and we change what we need to change now, and then we can move forward, who the fuck knows where we end up.
1: And seeing and that's the funny thing is, is that we're not going to make as much beer as we did as dry log. We're yeah. actually stepping back. We're reverting back to a smaller brewery size or a brewery size or a distribution footprint, whatever you want to call it. Um, to really concentrate on the stuff that we love to make in these tiny little batches that we love to make. And, you know, it's not the, it's not growing as a brewery. It's like, we're not going to be expanding by any means in our distribution footprint. It's more or less the simple fact that we really liked who we were when we could make these small batches. We really liked what we were when we could experiment more. And um, as we grew uh, under the dry log umbrella, we didn't lose it, but it became less focused on that aspect. So by making these smaller batches and really kind of catering to what we really want to do and not worrying about, um, you know, where's this batch going and what's the breakdown between Shelton, Shangy's, local distribution, tap rooms, whatnot, we're just going to concentrate on making some really neat beers and where they go is Hey, man, where'd
0: they go? Dude, I get it. I always have. <laughs> I always will. You know what I mean? It's just. You know, I mean, weird people cling to weird people, man. That's the way it works. Uh, oddly enough, the, the most beautiful part, it, I guess, about just this podcast, not your brewery, is that this will be posted on the 7th. So the day we post this will be the day your transition. So speak to that. Like, That's cool, it, man. How does that? How do you... How like if if someone's listening to this the day we put it up four o'clock on a Wednesday for you sons oh. of bitches out there? Well, if you're listening to it now, you already know. But um, like where do they go? They just they just roll into the old dry lot tap room and there's just a new sign on the wall. How does how does it ch- how does it change the the local Pittsburghian or whatever what are they called Pittsburgher? pittsburger is it I don't yep. know, you eat those right anyway um <laughs> y- y- how does that change them as far as dry log the local hyper localized guy? it do you just roll in grab a pint the same way they did it's just different name yep. on a door but
1: yeah uh, for the most part it's going to be a different i mean the name's already up there so we debuted strange roots beers this week we're a tasting of strange roots beers this week um and then next week it does the full conversion um this week we have our last dry log release um, which is Dance of Death, and then um, yeah. So um, the new name's going to be on the wall. Um, the new name will be uh, uh, set to the to that tap room in Millville, and then once we open the second one, it'll transition from that point, um, you know, to the brewery being named Strange Roots or under that Strange Roots umbrella. So that that second retail facility is not open yet, but it's opening probably within the next month or so.
0: Do you already have a debut beer that you're going to be putting out, or?
1: Um, we have a lot of debut beers. Um, so um, the, uh, I don't know how to best say it, but it's going to be a wide range of beers and well worth most people's time to stop in and taste all the different variations of everything that we're going to have. Um, we really kind of cut the cord here and just did some really neat stuff.
0: Different, different. Um, different formats, uh, you know what I mean? Are you branching out to more 750s? Are you going smaller bottles? Are you going cans? What are you doing?
1: Well, no. Uh, so we have to hold off on the bottle releases until probably April's my guess, um, only because it's got to go through TTB okay. and PFCB. Um, so that whole transition is still waiting in limbo. But on tap, um, we have a lot of different variations. We're always we've always been completely unpasteurized, completely bottle conditioned, and that's exactly what we're gonna continue to do. Um, Later on down the road, I don't know if we're gonna put it in cans or not. We may or we may not. There's some beers that might do well in cans and some that might not. Um, So we haven't really explored that option too often, but um, like recently we made a beer called Cake Beer. We always thought that that might be a good beer to put in cans. It literally tastes like birthday cake
0: and that, and honestly that's you're literally touching the whole conversation because you're not going to say no because why would you say no now There's something that in the future might make sense so why pin yep. hold yourself to something yep. that in the end might be a good thing for you to look at so i think that's the kind of just the cusp of the whole conversation is moving forward with you know like i said being unfettered and doing whatever the hell you want to do you would always do that regardless yeah. But, I mean, just from, like, a marketing standpoint, your favorite thing in the world, marketing. Well, it comes down to that. <laughs>
1: See, that's the thing. Like, I'm not going to pigeonhole myself to it. Yeah. Um, so if if enough people tell me, hey, listen, this would be really good in cans, I'd really like it in cans, whatever it might be, then what the hell, I might put it in cans. But um, for the most part, at the end of the day, uh, I, again, I'm not going to pigeonhole myself into saying I will never do this because you never know when you might or it might make sense at the time,
0: right? It makes sense to me, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it, man. I think that's uh, not all the conversation I have in me or you have in me, but I think that's all we got for the podcast here. I think we covered it pretty well. Um, any any closing remarks you'd like to make as far as, like, where do people find you, information they need, need to know, or any of that stuff, or you think we covered it all?
1: Um, I, I guess my, I, I guess a closing statement would be is, is that, you know, it, I think that anybody out there that appreciated what we did on the sour level um, will appreciate where we're going in the future. We're always going to have those beers that we originally built off of dry log. Um, it's still always going to be a part of our portfolio, um, no matter what. We just, again, diversification is the key. And we wanted to make slightly softer sours. Um, uh, not to say that we're not going to make those traditional ones, but overall, um, I think people should be excited. Um, and I hope they're excited about it too, cause we all are excited about it. And, um, uh, just give us a fair chance to, to, uh, to show you what we can do
0: outside of the box of sour beer. You appreciate the choir again, brother, you know, me, I can't, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait yeah. to get out there and check it out. I mean. You know, you've got guys have always held a soft place in my heart, so I'm I'm super excited, and not just from the beer portion of things, but you know the way you function as a brewery, and the whole nine. It's it, if it doesn't land, honestly. It's people's fault. It's not your fault. That's how I think. But then again, you know, I might be a little bit of a homer, but we'll see. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, well,
1: that's the thing. Like, you haven't liked all of our beers, so yeah. that's a fair
0: assessment. You know what I mean? Well, no, I th- mean,
1: the, so that's a saying. I wouldn't say it's a homer. I'd say it's more or less you just appreciate our weirdness. Um, not all of them are going to hit home to you, but at the end of the day, it's just something different. And if you can dig it, cool. If you can't, then hey, that's 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 no big deal too. There might be something down the road that
0: you might Oh well that's the thing. I guess I, yeah, I shouldn't have said Homer because you, <laughs> know, you know you can't you have to know where the bottom is. You can't like everything if you like everything and right. everything's normal. You're absolutely everything's normal.
1: You yep. know what I mean? You're if you like everything.
0: Right. So so uh, dude, I appreciate you calling in. I appreciate you having a conversation. I appreciate you. Oh, thanks
1: for setting all this up, man. I really appreciate it.
0: No, it was awesome besides the whole like twenty minutes we spent like yelling at each other without hearing each other. At least I couldn't hear <laughs> you. But um yeah, so um guys, honestly, you know what I mean? If you are listening to this, just check out um Strange Roots, you know oh, uh, previously dry log If you're into funky wild beers, which I've always kind of talked about them as, as as opposed to a sour. Sure, they are sour. Um, You know, give them them a whirl, especially if you're out Pittsburgh way. Pittsburgh is very hip nowadays with a lot of the hop beers um, being produced out there with uh, a couple breweries that everybody digs over. So if you're out there, definitely don't sleep on dry log. Sit down. If you see Dennis... And I don't, you know, if you do see him run the other direction, but if he actually does approach you, feed him with caution. And then after that, have about a four or five hour conversation with him. And then you'll kind of learn way too much about beer in a way that you probably didn't learn enough. So, uh, yeah. No, man. I appreciate it, brother. (laughs) I do too, man. Okay. Uh, So there you go, guys. Thanks for the conversation. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you later.
1: All right, buddy. Sounds good, man. Take care.